There are two things that are sure to rustle the jimmies of many Christians when you talk about them. One is false teachers, and two is personal responsibility. So we're going to be talking about both today. Welcome back to the show. My name is Cody Lawrence, and like I said in the intro, we're going to be talking about false teachers, uh, bad teachers, good teachers, and also personal responsibility. But before laying it all out, uh, I want to kind of work up to it and not give you a chance to click away. So I'm going to lay some foundation first and then kind of reveal my main point a little bit later in the episode. Uh, So I want you to consider this. First, we as Christians, we know that Christians cannot lose their salvation once they have it. No one has the power to pull us out of God's hands once God has us, right? Now, we see all the time people who are Christians, they they seem to be faithful, they seem to be saying all the right things, they seem to be doing all the right things, and then they just drift away one day. And so the, the proper answer to this is two things. Either God will bring them back one day, maybe they really are saved, and then God will inevitably bring them back. Or the second option is that maybe they weren't really saved in the first place. And I think both of those are very serious considerations we have to make. And I think if someone drifts away, we have to assume, well, maybe they're not saved. And we have to, you know, try to bring bring them back. And I think this idea can apply to other things too. This idea that, you know, if um, if if you act like a Christian, if you think that, you know, you're, you're doing all the right things and you drift away, then maybe you weren't really saved in the first place. We see this all the time with kids who grow up in quote unquote Christian homes or maybe actually Christian homes <laughs> and they go off to college and they drift away. They become atheists. They uh, never go to church again in their whole lives. Or maybe somebody who has been going to church their whole lives, no matter what age they are, and they have some kind of bad experience and they deconstruct or they leave the church because of some bad experience, whatever, and they never go back. Uh, These are not good things. You know, if somebody is then acting like they're not saved, then maybe they never were in the first place. And of course, we can't judge a person's heart, but, you know, if they are really not saved, it's not that they were saved and then they weren't. Hopefully that makes sense. So I think this can apply to other things too, like theology more broadly. I think if you have good theology, one of the marks of good theology is that a good understanding of God, in other words, if you have a good understanding of God, one of the marks of a good understanding of God, Christianity, Scripture, is that your understanding will naturally protect against bad understandings. Make sense? And so let me use another example to illustrate this point. Let's say you have some kind of tool. And I bet this has happened to everybody out there at some point. It could be a a knife. It could be uh, like pliers or a hammer or a needle or, or whatever. Let's say you have a knife and you think it's a very nice knife, like a chef's knife for, for cooking. And you're cutting with it and it seems to be sharp. It seems to be a good knife. And one day you put a little pressure on it and it snaps and the knife breaks. 
and you suddenly realize, ah, that wasn't a good knife. You know, I thought it was a good knife this whole time, but it wasn't a good knife. This happens. And, you know, we, we want to think this is all the knife's fault. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. It's the knife's fault. Uh, you know, and of course, inanimate objects don't have agency. And so, you know, the knife has no moral responsibility for itself for not being a good knife. <laughs> but just roll with me here. If we had more understanding about knives... In this hypothetical situation, if we understood knives better, if we understood how knives bend, if we understand how um, metal works and the hardness and softness of metals, we would have been able to determine from the get-go why that's not a good knife. We, we would have been able to determine from the very beginning, if we knew more about knives, that's not a good knife, which is why... You know, you know, knives is, is something that I've been trying to learn about. And so last year, uh, you know, not, not this year, but last year for Christmas, I got a, or maybe for my birthday, doesn't matter. I got a nice chef's knife for some, for Christmas, let's say, and it's good. And my whole life I've been using not good knives and I finally have a good one. And even if a knife seems good at first, you know, I've come to realize that, oh, it's not a good knife, but this is a pretty good knife. There are better knives out there, but but this is a good one. And the point is that um, we might think that we or another person or whatever has good theology, but part of good theology is that it protects against bad theology. You can't say if you have a tool and then that tool breaks and you're using it totally appropriately, you know, it's possible to be using a knife incorrectly, like you could be using a knife to try to you know, cut a hole in your wall or something. And if your knife breaks there, then it's your fault completely. <laughs> but let's just say you're using the knife totally naturally. Really, in both cases, it's your fault. Because if you're if you're using a knife totally naturally and it breaks, then that just means you never realized it was a bad knife, right? And so if someone has bad theology and we think they have good theology, it's not it's not like they actually had good theology and then all of a sudden it got bad. I don't think that's how it works. Just like we have a perfectly good knife and then all of a sudden, oh, it's a bad knife now. No, it was a bad knife the whole time. I think it's the same thing with theology. So here we go. Here's here's how this applies. Over the past two or three years, and I'm guilty personally of saying this too, we have seen, if we are if we have our eyes open, we have seen so many popular teachers fall, essentially. We've seen so many popular teachers who we thought this whole time had great theology, they were great teachers, they jumped on board the woke train. Or they start saying crazy stuff that we never imagined they would say before. And we think, well, they've totally changed their theology on these things. They used to be good and now they're not. Oh, I hate to see how far this so-and-so is, has fallen or, or whatever. And I recently made a post on Instagram. And if you're not following me on Instagram, you totally should. I post a lot of content there. It's at spare no arrows with underscores in between the words. I recently posted something uh, for the new year for teachers, not not necessarily false teachers, but 
some of them certainly are, uh, that you should avoid this year. And uh, some of them were more obvious than others to people, and some of them people legitimately asked the question like, hey, why is why is this person bad? Why is Matt Chandler bad? Or why is Tim Keller bad? Or whatever. And some people, like they always are, they threw a fit, and they're like, well, Tim Keller has been helpful to me, so blah, 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 whatever. He's been helpful, and so he must be good. <laughs> well, there have been a lot of people in my life who've been helpful to me who were not at all good teachers. And so hopefully we all recognize that, but some people don't and they leave angry comments on random social media pages, whatever. (laughs) But our reaction, whenever we run into a situation like that, where there was a teacher who we liked and then they suddenly, it seems to us, they suddenly turned bad our reaction is to blame the tool. Our reaction is to say, it was a good knife and now it's a bad knife. Ah, it was a good hammer and then it broke. I was trying to pull a nail totally normally and then the the teeth on the back broke. Ah, it's a bad hammer now. That's our natural reaction. But I think in reality, a lot of the responsibility, really all of the responsibility for, for using the tool, for following the teacher, lies on us. And again, this is something that I've said personally myself. Like, it's, you know, it's all their fault. I, I didn't do anything wrong. I was following this guy. He had good teaching and now he doesn't. Well, you know, here, here's the thing that, that if I were to just come right out and say it, that it would rustle some jimmies. But hopefully you see where I'm coming now. I think that good teachers, people who we thought had good theology, Tim Keller, Matt Chandler, uh, Andy Stanley are just a few of the people I named on this list. And then others who are more obvious like um, Jackie Hill Perry, Sarah Young, whatever. It's not that they had good theology and then all of a sudden they had bad theology two years ago. It's that they never had good theology in the first place. Now, if we start to think that that's, I, I mean, now I've, I've said this to some people and they've given me some pushback. And so, you know, I could be wrong about this, but it, it seems to really make sense to me. And I think I understand why people don't like this idea. Because that puts a lot of the responsibility on us. Like, these guys are bad and I used to follow them. And if they were bad the whole time, then that means I was doing something very wrong. And I think that's true. There are things that we could have seen in the past that we didn't. So we we should have seen this coming, in other words. And in some cases, it's harder than others. But there there are things that set some people over the edge, like, say, with Tim Keller, who it could not be more obvious at this point that he is someone worth avoiding. It with So with Tim Keller, for an example... Uh, some people only recently have been like, oh, he's he's a bad guy. He used to be good, now he's bad. He just became bad last year. <laughs> and then other people are like, well, no, I, he, he became bad two years ago. Uh, you know, and then where do you draw the line? And so I want to say that Tim Keller actually hasn't changed much. He's been saying it, his theology 
has allowed for the things that he is currently saying the whole time. And I also wanted to give you kind of a a, a tip for, for when you're trying to find teachers. If you discover a new teacher or if it's a teacher that's maybe on your bookshelf and you're trying to review what's on your bookshelf, here's what I do. I look up on Google something like, you know, Tim Keller, false teacher, which is what I recommend you to do if you don't have a lot of idea about Tim Keller. There is like more stuff on Tim Keller uh, in the realm of explaining why he's bad right now than a lot of other people. (laughs) So it's going to be easy to find if you're one of those people who, you know, still has Tim Keller on your bookshelf. Uh, What I like to do is that I like to Google something like Tim Keller, false teacher or Tim Keller woke or whatever. Now, even if they are or not, let's use a different example. Somebody who's one of the good guys. Let's just say John MacArthur. You could type in something like John MacArthur false teacher or John MacArthur woke, whatever you're looking for. And you're going to find people uh, for just about everybody who are criticizing anyone, if they're good guys or bad guys. But the key is to look at the kinds of criticisms so John MacArthur, if you look up John MacArthur, false teacher, or John, you know, whatever, John MacArthur controversy, whatever, the controversy that is going to pop up is something like um, John MacArthur said, one of the controversies he was in recently was something like John MacArthur said that we um, have to, what is it, that like we, It had something to do with a Christian nationalism thing. And so people were attacking him and they were calling him a Christian nationalist and and whatever. But that kind of criticism, that's a good criticism. You know, if if someone's being called a Christian nationalist, that might mean like, okay, well, they're, they're being criticized by the left. And so, you know, at least they're conservative. So let's keep looking at the criticisms. And you might look up John MacArthur and you might see the controversy of John MacArthur opened up his church during the lockdown, I'm insane. He's trying to kill people. He doesn't love his neighbor. He doesn't care about people. That's a criticism. Again, that's a good criticism. We're like, okay, so he's. That's another check mark. He might be a good guy because he's, he's uh, being. You know, he's being faithful, and so you look up something like John MacArthur, false teacher, and then you see something like um, John MacArthur teaches a works-based salvation, and then you you do some research and you're like, oh, that's interesting. You look at the quotes and then the quotes say something like, uh, John MacArthur says Christians have to do good works. Okay. And then you look up a sermon and he says something like, uh, we are saved by faith alone through Christ alone. And then you're like, okay, that's just nonsense. Not what he said, but the criticism. Okay, the criticism is just false. He does not teach a works-based salvation. But a lot of people think that. A lot of people give, give into the uh, the, the silly attacks. But that's the kind of process that I think we need to go on with a lot of teachers. We need to look up the criticism against a lot of teachers. And then here's where our discernment comes in. We need to be able to parse through what what is a true criticism and what is an untrue criticism. And so, you know, when you look up this stuff on Tim Keller, you'll realize, wow, Tim Keller is, is a absolutely nuts. And it's not that he's gone nuts very recently. It's that his theology this whole time has had these cracks in it that has allowed all of this social justice stuff to come in. And it's not even that the social justice stuff has come in just in the past couple years. For 
you know, decades he's been teaching this stuff. He's been influenced by these bad people. So, you know, when we say things like, Tim Keller used to be good. I mean, now he supports Marxism and everything is about race. And he said everyone with white skin is automatically complicit in racial evil. He did say that. And he's embarrassed by the Bible and tries to water it down. And he's an evolutionist. And he tweet, his tweets sound like fortune cookies. And uh, he said obedience to God's law is a strategy for rebelling against God. Uh, but he used to be good. <laughs> To me, that is, that's insane. You know, I'm not saying that he wasn't helpful to you in the past. You know, he was, he has been helpful to me in the past. That's not to say that, that nothing he did uh, was ever good. You know, bad guys can do good things, of course. Bad guys can even influence you in positive ways. But that didn't make his theology good back then. Hopefully that makes sense. It's not that Tim Keller changed. He kept on the same path. Now, a lot of these people might be more brave in saying crazy things now. I think it's a lot easier. Like a lot of these bad teachers, they've just come out recently uh, because it's it's really, you know, everything has become sharper and more divided. And it's easy to see who the good guys are and the bad guys are. And so... You know, ultimately, if you just realize who the bad guys are and who the good guys are, then you're fine. But I think there's this other layer of we shouldn't say, oh, he used to be good and now he's not. Just because I think the the problem with that is that that takes personal responsibility away from us. That takes our obligation to be discerning about people like this away it puts all of the blame on the tool and none of the blame on us about having knowledge of the tool. So if we know really what bad theology looks like, if we know what cracks in theology look like, then we will automatically be able to know that these cracks could let in some serious problems in the future. And I think that's what happens. And so this episode is less about who the bad guys are, who the good guys are, and it's more about us and taking responsibility and really being careful to judge um, the, the quality of the people who we follow. And of course, you know, you, that's not to say that you can't read Tim Keller books anymore. Uh, you know, even on my bookshelf, I have a Quran and a Book of Mormon and a Jehovah's Witness Bible translation and the Passion translation. And I have books by people who I disagree with on all kinds of things. And so that's not what I'm saying. You know, I, I've got a lot of these books on my bookshelf for study reasons. Or I watch some people's videos like sermons from Tim Keller or Matt Chandler or whoever to see like, you know, what are they up to? <laughs> so that's not to say that you can't follow them for that reason. Uh, you know, some people are like, you know, you can't have these people on your bookshelf. You shouldn't have them on your bookshelf to just to, to learn positively from them, I don't think. But I think we can for uh, for discernment purposes, in other words. So hopefully all that made sense. Uh, I just think it's important for people to uh, to be discerning. You know, somebody described what I do here on 
on my show is discernment training, which I love that. Uh, and so I, I want you to be trained to be discerning to see who really the bad guys are. Maybe some of the people you still like, um, if if they're not yet on the woke train or, or you know, somebody somebody who I haven't done a lot of research personally into, but somebody who I question is Kevin DeYoung. Uh, Kevin DeYoung is someone who he like he says a lot of good stuff. I agree with, I think, pretty much everything that I've heard him say, but he was on the Council of the Gospel Coalition, and he went to these conferences recently, and he wasn't quite as strong as I wish he would have been against CRT, you know, when he was sitting beside people who openly support CRT and a social justice gospel. Like, uh, you know, what, what's the deal with Kevin DeYoung here? Ah, so he's one of the ones who, you know, I'm, to me, it's like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I don't know, but I'm I'm keeping an eye on him. And so I, I hope you can assess the people in your on in your library, uh, in your list of podcasts you listen to, in the books you read, in the sermons you watch, and really be discerning and think who of these people are actually biblical, who are the, who of these people are creating an emotional. Um, gospel instead of a biblical one you know who of these people are actually unafraid to offend or unafraid to preach uh biblical truth the whole truth and not just the parts that people are comfortable with so hopefully that helped thanks for listening and feel free to ask any questions uh, or leave a comment below Please subscribe if you're on YouTube. Uh, Follow my podcast if you're on any of the other podcast mediums. And thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. God bless.